0: But I'm going to keep in mind and try to remind you from time to time as well that nothing is true of all women and men. In addition to effects of gender, there are many other influences on our styles. And I'll be talking about some of those other influences too. But these lectures are going to focus on ways of speaking that are typical of women and typical of men in the American context. My larger goal in this series of lectures is to understand the patterns by which women and men use language and therefore to enhance our understanding of language in general and of human behavior in general. So in that sense, it's like an introduction to what I call interactional sociolinguistics. That is, the social influences on how we use language in our everyday lives. But I'm told by students who have taken my courses that this understanding helps them in their everyday lives, because every aspect of our lives involves talking to people of the other sex, in our personal relationships, our families, at work, uh, just about anything that you need to get done is done in part through talk. I want to start by telling you about the research project that I was involved in that first got me thinking about communication differences between women and men. Some years ago, I was invited by a psychologist named Bruce Dorval to take part in a research project that he had organized. It was funded by the Social Science Research Council. Bruce Dorval was interested in how girls and boys and then women and men talk to their best friends. So he set up an experiment that was funded by the Social Science Research Council where he invited pairs of best friends to come into his office and talk to each other. He then got funding to invite a number of scholars in a whole range of disciplines, and I was the linguist invited to take part in the project, to look at his videotapes and do various analyses of them. At that time, the phenomenon I was interested in was repetition. So I planned to look at these videotapes of boys and girls at different ages talking to each other, to look at the patterns of how they picked up each other's words and wove those words into their own discourse. And I did, incidentally, write a book in which I uh, reported on that research. It's called Talking Voices. So that's what I thought that I'd be looking at in these videotapes of boys and girls at different ages talking to their best friends. But when I watched the tapes that Dr. Dorval sent me, What I could not get over was the pattern of nonverbal communication, the physical orientation that the children and then the college students assumed in talking to each other. At every age, 5-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 15-year-olds, college students, the girls sat face-to-face, leaned in, and kept their gaze and their physical orientation directly focused on each other. At every age... The boys and then the young men sat at angles or parallel, and they looked around the room. The pattern was so constant across these various ages that I was really quite blown away by it, and I mentioned it to colleagues at the time, and one colleague to whom I mentioned it was a psychologist and a family therapist. And she said, yeah, I noticed the same thing when couples come to me in family therapy. The men don't look at their wives. The men don't look at me. The men are always disengaged. And this set my danger signals off because if this is how young boys, older boys, young men sat when they talked to each other, how accurate or fair was it to say that they were disengaged? In fact, one of the pairs of uh, 10th grade boys whose tapes I had looked at had the most self-revealing intimate discussion of any that I had looked at in those tapes. One was talking about how he really uh, felt bad that they weren't as close friends anymore as they were. The other was talking about how bad he felt because his girlfriend had told him he had a drinking problem and he was trying to figure out whether he really did or not. And yet, Throughout this entire self-disclosing, intimate conversation, they never looked at each other once, and they were sprawled out in the way you see teenage boys seated, as if they were riding in a car, their eyes were fastened ahead or or looking about but never looking at each other. And in fact, I suspect that because the conversation was so personal and self-revealing, they were even less likely to look directly at each other. So when my colleague, who was a family therapist, concluded that men were disengaged because they didn't look at their wives and they didn't look at her, she was applying...